in your Bibles this morning, John chapter number 15. We transition in John chapter 15 from this famous illustration of the vine. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. To an emphasis on the love of Christ and the friendship that we can enjoy with him. The Bible says in John chapter number 15 and beginning in verse number 9. Let's start there. The Bible says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Verse 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. You see a recurring theme, love, 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 love. It's a beautiful word. It's a Bible word. It's a emotion and a decision. It's something that God's people should be defined by, love. The world has taken the word love and skewed it horribly. The word love is something that God requires of us. Twice in this passage of Scripture, I want you to see it with me. The Bible says in verse number 12, This is my commandment, that ye love one another. Again in verse number 17. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Previously, verse number 10, look what the Bible says. Jesus speaking to his disciples and thus speaking to us. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I like this verse, number 10, but I'll just tell you, it gives me a little indigestion. Look what it says. And Jesus speaking to His disciples, and I'm imagining that they thought the same thing. Jesus says to His disciples, all right, here it is, boys. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Can you imagine that thought for just a moment? Let's just be completely honest and forthright and think back like a disciple for a minute. They had been with Jesus for three years. He'd preached many messages and given many commandments. The first thought I have, if Jesus looks at me and says, All right, here it is. If you'll keep my commandments, you can abide in my love. First thought I have is, uh-oh. I forgot 1 through 752. As a matter of fact, I can't even remember the one he said yesterday. How many of you have memory issues? Would you raise your hand? <laughs> I think, uh-oh. And then it gets worse. Look at the Bible says in verse 10. 
If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. I'm thinking, well, it's out the window for me. There's no abiding in his love for me. I, I can't remember. The Bible says in verse number 10 further, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. What's this mean? What's it say? Jesus says, now look, if you'll keep my commandments the exact same way I've kept my father's commandments, you can abide in my love like I abide in my father's love. And I'm like, stick a fork in me, I'm done. There's no hope. One, I can't remember all the commandments. If I could remember all the commandments, I certainly am not good enough to keep them. And then if it wants to get worse, I cannot be like Jesus. I should try, but I can't. And about the time the disciples are getting a little bit worried that they're sunk, Jesus says a couple things that's very helpful. Verse number 12, this is my commandment. He says, now look, I know you can't remember them all, but let me give you a place to start. I know you can't keep up with them all, but let me give you a place to start. He says, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. And in case we fail to notice the emphasis of God's word, he says, I want to remind you again in verse number 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. Now look, folks. We have a hard time keeping up with all the commandments. And all God's people said, oh me. But here's one, a place to start. Here's something that should be emphasized in the hearts and lives of all of God's people. Love one another. Love one another. I like this thought. I like this phrase. I love this concept. Love one another. I'll just tell you something. The devil is fighting and working very, very, uh, very regularly and with great earnestness to keep us from loving one another. What's he wants to do? He wants us to be mad at each other all the time. The devil loves when Christian people feud and fight. The devil loves it when husband and wives let their pride prevent them from having harmony. The devil loves it when parents and children, especially in Christian homes, allow pride to prevent them from loving one another. And Jesus says, I want to let you know something. You need to love one another. He's looking at this disciples and in the days that are ahead for the disciples Jesus has not yet went to the cross he's telling them and has already told them that he's going to go to the cross he's going to die he's going to rise again that he's going to complete his work that he's going to be leaving them he says don't be worried don't be afraid let not your heart be troubled and then on multiple occasions after he announces the fact that he's going to complete salvation's work he's going to be gone on multiple occasions, he reminds his disciples of this very important emphasis. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. What do you think Jesus is concerned about? Concerned in the right way for his disciples in the days that were ahead. His great concern was that their hearts would grow cold toward each other. That they'd allow petty, piddly, 
unimportant things to stir up strife in their ranks and therefore devoid the work of God in the beginning of the church. What's true of the early church is true of the church today. What's true of the homes, the time of Christ is true of the homes today. What's true in our lives is also true in the disciples' lives. And Jesus sends a message from heaven in John chapter number 15 and says to us, his people, Hey, listen up. Love one another. Love one another. May God help us to have and harbor and work on a spirit of love toward one another. Let's look at a few things here in this passage of Scripture. Love one another. Point number one I'd like to bring to your attention this morning is it is a commandment with example. This is a commandment with example. If you wonder what love is, then God says, I'll give you an example. I'll just tell you, love is skewed in a very massive way in our society and our thinking. Most of the time, people think of love as a big red heart. Some people think of love as a mushy card or a sappy sentence. Love goes far deeper than that. And Jesus says, unless you're confused about what love is, let me help you with love and I'll show you the example of love. Verse number 12, the Bible says, this is my commandment, that ye love one another. Look at that last phrase of verse number 12. As I have loved you. Now Jesus says, I want to show you what love really looks like. And I've been pattering this before you. We can look through, as people who hold God's word in our hands, we can look back through the life and ministry of Christ as recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we can understand what love looks like. You can stand outside of Lazarus' tomb as people are weeping all around, and Jesus weeps also. Love is exampled by Christ as compassion. Love is exampled by Christ as Burden for people, a love for the lost, concern for the hurting. The love of Christ is exampled all through his earthly ministry. He says, you need to love the way I've loved. Do you think that Jesus ever spoke an angry word out of turn in his earthly ministry? Nope. Because he was motivated by love. And he was sent in love for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he ministered in love. Love. He sets the example. It's a commandment with an example. He says, as I have loved you. As I have loved you. You ought to love. It's a commandment with an example. Love one another as I have loved you. Something I like to think about in the life of Christ is Jesus did tough things in love. You know, love does not mean, if you're a loving person, does not mean that you are a pushover. As a matter of fact, the opposite is true in so many ways. Did Jesus love the Pharisees? Absolutely, yes. Yet he looked at them and called them a generation of vipers. He said, you're a bunch of snakes. Did Jesus love the money changers in the temple the day that he turned to tables over absolutely yes because love does not exclusively say yes 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 i love you i love you i love you i love you and let wickedness and sin go on it doesn't work like that love actually has teeth the bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend 
The kiss of enemy are deceit. I'll just tell you something. If you really love somebody, you'll have the guts to tell them the truth. You'll tell it to them in love, with the right spirit, with the words of Christ. I know my mama loved me growing up, but she wasn't always easy on me, and I'm thankful. Because love, the example of love that Christ gave us, he says, love like I have. Love like I have. Do you think Jesus acted in hate when he made Mary and Martha wait for four or five days until he rose Lazarus from the dead? Absolutely, yes. Jesus gives an example of love, as I have loved you. A commandment with an example. He says, as I have loved you. Look at verse number 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, this is wonderful. Now, Jesus has not yet gone to the cross, but he says, I want you to know something. There's no greater love than the love I'm getting ready to show. Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, I like this picture of love. People have the idea that love is mushy. But I'll just tell you, this emotional mushy love, it does not stand the fire. But the kind of love that Jesus has and examples for us, men and women, and boys and girls all alike, is a love with dignity and honor and selflessness. Jesus says, I'll show you that I love you. The Bible says God commendeth his love. He showed us his love. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me tell you about love. Love is something that's deeper than a tear or a fuzzy feeling. Love is something that says, I would give my life for them. I would risk my life for them. I would humble myself in order to help them. I'll just tell you something. There's nothing weak or anemic about the love of the Bible or the love of Christ. And actually, it's something that's missing in our society. I think it's missing among our youth. We teach everybody to look out for themselves, to fight for themselves, to do what's right for them, to, at any cost, take care of you. The truth of the matter is, Christian love Put self on the back burner and others first. I love to watch true Bible love boil up in the heart of a young man or a young woman. I love to watch true Christian love boil up in the hearts of God's people when they say, look, it's not about me. I don't care about me. What can I do to see the lost come to Christ? What can I do? To make a difference in the lives of other people. What can I give of myself in order to help someone else? Now that's love. Jesus says, I'm going to show you love. He says, I've been showing you love as it's exampled in my life. He says, but I'm getting ready to show you love because greater love is no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. What kind of love did Jesus have? The Bible says he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The Bible commissions us to let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. Be like Jesus and say, you know what? I want to live for other people. The world's picture of love 
that is mushy and selfish is one that robs people of God's beautiful love that says, I'll do what needs to be done because I love others more than myself. Who do you think the happy people are? The people who pursue the love of Christ? The people who pursue the love of self? You don't have to look very far to understand that selfless people are happy people. Honorable people are satisfied, peaceful, joyful people. And the selfish form of love that we're taught to seek that satisfies ourselves, it leaves us empty looking for more and willing to hurt anybody to get it. You see, Jesus says love one another. He says it's a commandment with example. We need to love like Jesus. We need to love like Jesus. Oh, I pray that God will raise among our ranks folks who say, I love like Jesus. And I want what's better for you. I want what's right for you, what's good for you, more than I care about what's good for me. And in serving and loving others, we end up in turn getting what's best for us. He says, love one another. It's a commandment with example. Number two, love one another is a commandment with benefits. It's a commandment with benefits. The Bible says in verse number 14, Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Now, this is an interesting verse. He says, if you, command, if you do what I command you, what does he command us? He says, I brought my commandments down from this big list down to one thing. This is my commandment that you love one another. And then he says in verse 14, if you are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. What does God say we have the opportunity to be? Friends with God. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Friends with God. Friend benefits. A friend of God. That's pretty fun to think about, isn't it? A friend with God. Friend with God. This word friend is an interesting word. He says, ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. This word friends has this picture of a friend in court. Like a friend in a king's court. Now the king would remain the king. So there's no contradiction that we do what the king commands. But the Bible says and teaches us that this picture is that the king has a friend. The king has someone that's a close confidant. The king has someone that's right near them. The king has someone that's a friend. A friend of the king. A friend of the king has friend benefits. And this commandment, love one another, comes with benefits. He says, if you'll keep my commandments... You can be my friends. Verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. What was one of the benefits that Jesus describes as being friends with God? Friends with the King. Friends with Christ. He says the benefit is you know what's going on. You have insight. You have communion and fellowship. Now, I want you to understand something. This begins with love one another. We get our example from Jesus, command with example. But then it's a command with benefits. It goes from you love one another. If you love one another, it's a byproduct. If you love one another, you're my friend. And as friends with God, guess what we get? We get to be near the Lord. We get to hear from the Lord. We get to be 
led by the Lord. We know the Lord. Now, just to put this in shoe leather for myself, this is how it works. If we love one another, the byproduct is a benefit that says God will lead you, guide you, direct you, teach you. How many of you need the Lord's guidance to make it through life? No doubt. How can I have God's guidance? It begins simply, love one another. Isn't that interesting how that works? If you like... If you're determined to love one another. Now, how many of you have these moments where you are tempted to not love one another? How many of you have those moments and all of our people raise their hands? How many of you notice there's some people that are easy to love? And there's some people that aren't. Some people are hard to love. But God doesn't say love the lovely ones. God says love one another. God says love one another. Now, the Bible teaches if we'll love one another, then we have this benefit, we have this blessing, we have this opportunity that God will instruct us like a friend, friends with God, like that friend in court with the king, as opposed to a servant who just has to do what they're told with no understanding. As friends with God, we understand, we are taught, we are led, we know. There's this beautiful little picture in Jesus' first miracle. When he turns the water into wine, Mary speaks to a group of servants and says, just do whatever he says. And they do. He says, fill the water pots to the brim and then serve it. And they did. And the Bible makes very sure that we know what happens right there. The man that was in charge of the wedding feast that day when he drank said, wow, this is great. You've saved the best till last. He had no clue what God had done. But the Bible says very plainly that the servants knew. I don't know about you, but it encourages me to know that God wants me to know His will and know His plan and be led and guided by Him. How can I know the will of God? How can I be in the know, in the work of God? How can I have God's direction and leadership? How can I know what God wants for my life and how God wants to use me? The Bible says there's a commandment with benefits. And here it is. This is my commandment, that you love one another. You see, it's a commandment with benefits. It's a commandment with example. Finally, number three. It's a commandment with power. It's a commandment with power. The Bible says in verse 16, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now, who did Jesus, how did the disciples get to be disciples? God chose them to be disciples. Uh, That's good. He chose them. Not only did he choose them, but he ordained them. He set them apart. Now, I want you to understand something. If you're here today and you're saved... You're chosen. You're ordained. If you're here today and you're not saved, you can repent of your sin and trust Jesus Christ by faith as your Savior. And you can be chosen and ordained. God wants to use you. God wants to bless you. The Bible says, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. Really? You've set me aside, you've ordained me for what? 
that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now, did Jesus say in verse 16, did Jesus say, now listen, I've chosen or ordained you so that you can hopefully, if you're smart enough, to go and bear fruit and have fruit that remains and have a prayer life that touches heaven. If you're good enough, he didn't say it like that. If you're smart enough, he didn't say it. If you're talented enough, no, he didn't say it like that. If you have a singing voice or can play the piano, then you can go and bear forth fruit and your fruit will remain and you can have power with God through prayer. If you're perfect, then you can have... None of those things were the condition. What was the condition of being able to go, bear fruit, have fruit that remains? And then he says, and whatever you'll ask in my Father's name, that's what you'll get. Power with God. What was the condition? The condition was the commandment. Love one another. I love buttons. I'm not talking about these buttons. Sometimes I don't like these buttons because they're a little snug. <laughs> but I love buttons. I remember my Uncle Tom got a brand new car. I've always liked cars, anything with a motor, actually. And I remember sitting in the front seat, and it was the first time I'd been in the car that had power seats on the passenger side. <laughs> I remember seeing, it, was like a, it looked like a little seat on the door. And I remember seeing it, and I couldn't, oh, man, this is awesome. And so I'm like, oh, I'm sitting in the seat. I'm just a little guy. I'm sitting in the seat. I'm like, I definitely need to go forward. I push it, and that thing goes, glides me forward. And then I'm like, oh, I'm too far forward. I had to move back. Oh, I need to go down for a minute. Oh, oh, I need to go. Uh, thankfully, my uncle was really patient because I'm telling you, as far as we went, I was pushing it. I, I thought to myself, I don't think, I hope I'm not getting on his nerves. And I was like, I'd think for a second, I can't, don't need to push that button. But then it just, it would overpower me. I was like, I got to push the button. Ah! <laughs> push the button. Push. And I was like, this is awesome. I can just, I can push this little button and that seat will pick me up. That's great. It translates into so many things in my life. I love the fact that I can push a gas pedal with my foot. And he goes, whoom, and I love that feeling. I love it. A little button on a tractor, you can pick up something heavy. I love buttons. How many of you like buttons? I love buttons. <laughs> it's awesome. I think the reason I like buttons so much is because you took a little effort, and the byproduct is something awesome. A little bit of effort and you push the button and through a means that is stronger than you, you accomplish a task that is bigger than you. I love tools. I like tools with buttons. I don't like tools that, like this. I like tools like this. And every time you make a move, it does something that's so much stronger than you. You get the point? I love buttons. Here's what the Bible says. He says this commandment, love one another, is a commandment with power. He says, look, 
Do you want to be a friend with God? Push the button. Love one another. Do you want to be able to go in your life to count? Push the button. Love one another. He says, if you'll love one another, you're going to have the ability to go and know the place to go to. Do you want to bear fruit? I'll just tell you, with all my heart, I want to bear fruit. I remember as a teenager, the emphasis on soul winning, which is fine and good and right. But I remember thinking it had to be my words and my eloquence and my understanding. I had to be able to answer all their questions, but it didn't take me very long to realize I don't know how to answer all the questions. I don't know. And I'll give you a little insight. I've been studying the Bible and preaching for nearly 25 years, and I still can't answer all the questions. And I've come to grips with the fact that I will never be able to. But the bottom line is, come to understand that I don't have to know all the answers. I don't have to have all the eloquence and all the words because I can push the button, so to say. The Bible says if you love one another, you'll be able to go and bear fruit. If you'll, push the button, if you'll love one another, God says, I'm going to help you know. What's going, I'll be your friend. I'll help you know. I'll help you go. You'll bear fruit. And the Bible says something else that will bring great peace to folks who are trying to serve him. He said, not only will you bear fruit, but you'll have fruit that remains. Do you see that in the text? Verse number 16. That you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That your fruit should remain. Let me tell you about fruit that you produce in your own flesh and power. You get to the place where you think you know all the answers and you can argue with the arguers. And maybe you can convince somebody. You can take a strong personality and get people to do all kinds of stupid stuff. But man's religion never satisfies a soul that is devoid of God. And I'll have you know something. If you do things God's way, you know what happens? God produces the fruit. And the fruit that God produces remains. Isn't that good? I want a lasting work. God says, you can have it. He's looking at his disciples. He says, listen here, guys. I want to be your friend. I want you to stay in the know. I want to lead you, guide you, direct you. I want to use your lives and your ministries. I want to bless you. He says, and you can have this blessing. If you'll keep my commandment, love one another. Let me tell you something. If you find yourself full of bitterness and anger, you have just disqualified yourself from the greatest power and treasure that God's promised us. If you find yourself liking some people and hating others, Friends, you're missing out on the opportunity to be a friend with God. 
love one another. If you find yourself so full of self that you are unwilling to invest in other people and have that desire to love and help and bless others to the point where you say, look, I would die for that person. You're missing out on God's blessing. Jesus does not give us a commandment to put us into bondage. Jesus gives us a commandment to set us free. You see this commandment, love one another? It's a commandment with example. It's a commandment with benefits. It's a commandment with power. He says, look, if you'll love one another, he says, I'll be your friend. I'll help you bear fruit, fruit that remains. I'll give you power. The Bible says, verse 6, whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it you. God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to help you. You'll have power with me. And he says, and just in case you've forgotten what we're talking about, he says in verse 7, these things I command you, that you love one another. He says, everything I've just said has everything to do with that simple commandment. Love one another. Love one another. How many of you say, I want the benefits and power that God can give me? I do. Here's where it begins. Here's a starting place. The Bible says, this is my commandment, that you love one another. What was Jesus' message to the disciples on this day? Hey, listen. All this junk about who's going to be the greatest has got to go out the window. All this junk about you think you love Jesus more than somebody else. All this jealousy and envy and all this discord that is beginning to stir among you. He says, that stuff's got to go. He says, love one another. If you'll love one another, you'll be glad because it will unlock the blessing and power of God. Jesus said it like this, this is my commandment, that you love one another.